Empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. This is Sarah Kaki with Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and I'm joined by her very own managing partner, Shauna Woods. Shauna, the topic today is super interesting and probably requires a psychology degree, but which neither one of us have. Which neither one of us have. So let's just speak from experience as parents and adults and attorneys in the family law industry and take a stab at this. Okay. What we're talking about today is not trusting the voice in your head. And I want to be clear, we're not talking about somebody with a mental health condition where they're have auditory hallucinations. We're talking about when you are actually having an internal dialogue with yourself, making decisions in your life, making value-based judgments in your life. There are a number of things that are going on in your head when you're going back and forth. And some of that is just, you are hearing your internal voice. You're hearing the voices of others telling you go forth or back up. And Sometimes in those situations, it's hard to know the internal dialogue that I'm having with myself, how much of it is based on truth, how much of it is based on anxiety, stress, past family issues, trauma, or fears that other people may have implanted in you. Can you speak to this? Absolutely. And I think what you know, we're, we're talking is about is when our emotions affect our thoughts a lot of times. And, you know, reading some of these articles when we talk about self-thinking, and I'll admit when I was younger, I didn't realize everybody else had a personal dialogue going on in their head, too. I really just thought it was me. <laughs> you were the only crazy one. I, I thought I was the only crazy one. I was like, I wouldn't tell anybody else I'm talking to myself all the time. But... <laughs> It's, we all have this. We have unconscious thoughts that just flow through our head about any given subject on any given day constantly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they are all objectively true. That's the key. They're not all objective and they're not all true. Exactly. And a lot of times what we have to take a step back is think, is this true? All right. It feels true to me. Is it objectively true? Mm-hmm is a big step from does it feel true or is it objectively true? Because you're right. Our thoughts can make us feel more stressed. Our thoughts can make us feel fearful, bring on anxiety. And the mind is such a complex and amazing thing. And this is why you see all these mindset books and and podcasts and, and all these people flock to people tell them, how do I retrain my thoughts? And it really is about controlling your thought pattern, right? Especially when we're talking negatively to ourselves. Right. I think one of the biggest ways this shows up is exactly that what you're saying is the negative talk to oneself. And, you know, doubt isn't in and of itself a bad thing. And actually what we're talking about here is doubting the voices in your head. Right. And there's a beautiful book on this by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's called The Voice of Knowledge. And he actually talks about take a moment and doubt the voice in your head of where did this come from? The part where the negative self-talk turns into self-doubt 
that's where this objectivity to where these voices in your head are coming from is so important because a lot of self-doubt we weren't born with. I mean, if you look at a child that doesn't know how to walk and does not care what anybody in the room thinks about the 50 times he or she has fallen and hurt themselves to try to walk and they take one step and they fall and they're right back at it. They never say, I can't do this. I'm going to give up on walking. Oh, I, I have doubts about my ability to walk. They keep trying and trying and trying until they get it. So that self-doubt, that child was not born with it. It came from somewhere. And whether it was, you know, the teacher at school, a parent, a close, intimate member in their unit that planted that self-doubt. But what is so can be so harmful is even though you remove that person out of your life or you remove, you no longer are that close to your parents as you grow up or you're not around that teacher anymore, whether they meant well or good or ill for you, their voice is still there. Yes. And that's the human psychology part. Like these voices from your childhood or even in your adulthood, they don't ever quite go away. Once you've given somebody an in into your mind and in your heart, and as a child, we're more able to do that. As adults, we kind of start putting up our walls, but those voices never go away. And so how do we deal with that as adults who are trying to take one foot in front of the other and move forward with our life or make big life transitions like divorce and these voices keep coming back and you're not quite clear where to go because now you're overwhelmed mm -hmm. and you feel stuck. You know, I used to have a little uh, magnet on my refrigerator that reminded me, don't believe everything you think. Mm, I love that. Question yourself. Am I thinking this because X? Is it objectively true? I know I'm going to keep coming back to that. Or am I feeling this right. way? And yes, I do think that you are programmed because as children, we have less experiences. So the experiences that we do have make a bigger impact right. on us, right? That's why they call it the formulative years. And so you may have had somebody who called you ugly or called you stupid as a child. And then they've internalized that. And that's how they're every time something bad happens or they're not feeling great about themselves. That's the voice that's playing in their head. I am ugly. I am stupid. I am whatever it is that, that it has been programmed. I really don't, I want to call it a deprogramming because that sounds so serious, but there's a way to simply stop your thinking. And it really is very mindful of stop, mm -hmm. letting that feeling go, acknowledging why you were having that feeling. Why am I, why is this thought going through my head right now? What triggered this moment mm -hmm. or what reminded me of this moment? All right, let's change the course of my thoughts. I think that one of the best formulas I've been given for doing that exercise you're talking about, when you take a, take a moment and you objectively question the thoughts in your head that come from voices in your head is you actually let that thought of fear or anxiety ride its course. So let me give an example. The, the person who has taught me this is, is David Nagel and he was uh, mine and Hisham's business and mindset coach for many years. And it's just an amazing, amazing think tank. So 
if he had somebody come up to him and say, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking about giving up my daily, hourly, or salary corporate job, and I want to go start my own business, they would say, okay, why, why aren't you doing that? And they would say, well, uh, I'm scared. I am not going to be able to make any money and not be able to pay my mortgage. And David would say, what would be so bad about that? And then he would say, well, if I can't pay my mortgage, I would lose my home and I would have to downsize. What would be so bad about that? And then he keeps taking this exercise down for you to realize that, well, I guess I would not be able to live the lifestyle that I'm living right now. Okay, so if that's the worst case scenario, what would be so bad about that? And when you get to the wound of it, the core of it, it is typically the voice of a parent somewhere in your head that has a status built in with your corporate job, has a status built in with your home, has a status built in with the lifestyle. And you yourself, your own belief system, that child that believed they can walk actually knows you are not going to go bankrupt, actually knows you're going to make it happen. You're going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. But it's those self-doubting voices in your head that have been given to you by the adults in your childhood that are running the program of stop. This is scary. What you're about to do is scary and you're going to fall and hurt yourself and it's going to be embarrassing. Whereas your true nature actually has the ability to overcome that fear and produce the results you want in your life. But these, this negative talk is taking up so much space and energy that you're not actually able to put that energy into producing the results you want in your life. We see this all the time in divorce cases. We do. And you mentioned something that the core of it was fear. What are you, what are you afraid of? Right. And I do think that a lot of times our negative thoughts are fed by our emotions. So if you can pull away that layer, just what you were saying. Right. And I ask people all the time when they say, I'm scared of X. Okay. Let's pull that up. Why? Right. Why? What, what about this makes you fearful? Well, it's the unknown. Okay. Yes. Now we've identified it. You don't know what happens after you get divorced or after you choose this next step in your life. That's okay. And that is a very scary place to be sometimes. Right. But the unknown doesn't always have to be the negative, right? Well, it's not even the truth. And that's the part because every day is the unknown. True. Right. Next tomorrow, your spouse could very much be the one to leave you or tomorrow, God forbid, something could happen to them. Tomorrow, COVID could hit. <laughs> uh, that, that's the world we lived in COVID, right? Like this was the complete unknown and it shook everybody up. I mean, as somebody who grew up in a um, war-torn country at the time I was born in Iran, it's very clear to me young age that every day is the unknown and I got to experience that and we are fortunate myself included we live in a culture environment right now where we get to hold on to this false sense of security of security that I know what's happening tomorrow well we actually don't and that's the part where that's a voice in your head that is not based on truth the idea that if you're a healthy 
capable adult human being that in a economy like the United States that still to this day is a better economy than most of the rest of the world would not be able to provide for yourself is not based on truth. The idea that you are living in the known now and if you get divorced, you'll be living in the unknown is not based on truth because you'll still be living in the unknown. And that's the critical thinking that we're just not taught to have. We're more taught to accept these words given to us by family members as truth that we keep carrying into our adulthood and then become the voice of self-doubt, the voice of negative talk, the voice of stay stuck. Being in the stuck position is a lot safer and known than taking a step towards the unknown to your, toward, to your point. Absolutely. And I think that when you look at what you're talking about, these ingrained thought patterns that we're taught, some of those come from generations and generations back where it made more sense to be stuck in certain thought patterns. Yes. Right? Let's talk about the fear of the unknown. Now, you know, if you grow up in the United States, you know, you're talking about these people who are very brave and they all went out west to this great unknown. And I imagine that was an extremely fearful thing, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're taught, like your parents don't want you to go out into the great unknown, they don't know what's out there and they want you here with them. So any fables, any things that they're teaching you is to keep you here with safe, keep you quote unquote safe, right? To keep you in this particular part of society. And we're talking about breaking out of any box that you're in, right? You have to break out of that thought pattern that you're having too, because you have to take a giant leap of faith in your mind and in your mindset in order to take that huge first step. But I can tell you, anytime I took that huge first step to step outside that box, I discovered how much bigger the world was. Yes. Yes. It shifted the whole paradigm. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that uh, David does, David Nagel does, that's so great, is when he gets you to that bottom line of where, what is the worst case scenario? And you mention the worst case scenario. Well, I'll be a failure or I'll end up. Homeless. Homeless. Or, yes, home, or, you know, I, I won't find love ever again. He'll ask you, and who does that sound like? And it's typically a mom or a dad or a close adult in your life that has fed that fear to you, maybe not even meant to. I truly don't believe my parents meant to ever instill any fears in my mindset, but as a child, we're watching them operate and some things we're learning from their express behavior, some things we're learning from just by the way they're moving through life, correct? Absolutely. I agree. What we're looking at, you know, as parents, and I did it, and, and I know you're trying hard not to do it, and I wish I could have the two overs. I might still have a chance. We're instilling in things that we don't even know we're instilling because, again, if we go back to memories, right, they have a very little time right, in their formative years where they're getting all these impressions. And for us, it's another Tuesday. Yeah. Right. We don't know what we just installed in our child because we're on the go. So, again, it goes back to mindful thinking. Yes. When I am thinking negatively, how am I acting? How am I acting around my children? How am I acting around my other people? And what am I instilling in them that's going to come out 
20, 30, 40 years from now? It's being aware of what is the operating system that was sort of installed in you yes. by family patterns, culture, environment that you grew up in versus what you said, mindful thinking and rising above that. Because when you're on the go, you're letting the operating system run because it's just easier. But when you're present and doing mindful thinking, you have the mental capacity to question the voice and bring truth and light to it. Um, what I see often in the time when this is triggered, those voices in your head are triggered. And I'll give the example of our divorce clients. It's when they're right on the brink of making a decision. They're right in the brink of taking a step forward in their life and get unstuck. And then right when they're at that tip, it's the voices start screaming at them. The self-doubt, the negative talk that I'm not tough enough to get through this. I will fall apart. I can't be on my own. I won't be able to take care of my children. Won't be okay. I won't be able to get another job. All the negative talk show up hard in that moment. And I, and I do believe that it's part of our internal safety system, trying to keep us safe from, you know, taking the leaping into the unknown to your point. But that's probably the moment you need to be the most critical of the voices in your head is when you're about to make those life transitional decisions when these voices of doubt really creep in. And really walking it through to the logical conclusion, like your mentor did for you. And what we do when um, people come and talk to us is say, okay, this is your fear. And then what if that happens? Right. Then what? Then what? And most of them, well, it's it's not the end of the world. It usually never is. It usually is when you actually, to your point, discover a whole nother world and discover your own self-confidence, your ability to rely on yourself and your ability to trust yourself to see these big decisions through and make it work for yourself and your family. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources.